friends, welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart has been created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 84. In today's episode, I chat with Liv, my sister. Um, We talk about the journey that she's been on over the last few weeks um, and really life's journey. We laugh, um, we get serious, but um, we find a hidden addiction that Libby has, not so hidden for those that know her, Um, and we just have a bit um, bit of fun talking about what's been going on over the last month in her life and mine. I hope you enjoy it. If this episode blesses you, please share it with a friend or if any of the other episodes have really inspired you, helped you or encouraged you, think about sharing them with somebody you know that might need to hear that. Have a wonderful week. Hello. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while. And a lot has happened in that while. I reckon. How what, are you? Uh, what has it been? Eight months or something? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'll have to go back and uh, look at episodes. But I tell you, every time um, I uh, ask for your, you to join me on the podcast, it's because there is an outcry that you're not, you haven't been on for a while. So oh, well- stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You're humouring me. <laughs> oh no, it's true. Welcome back to the podcast, Olivia. How have you been uh, this week? Than... How about we say? How about we say? How have you been this week? <laughs> this week, really good. Last week, not so good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um, followed in your footsteps. So I suppose we'll tell people why why we're having this little chat. Um, Oh, three weeks ago, I I just had my um, three month checkup for my melanomas because I had melanoma surgery last year, mm-hmm. and they found another dodgy looking one. So whipped it out. She said, "Don't worry about it. It looks fine. I mean, it doesn't look fine, but nothing to worry about. It's just best we get it out." And then a week later, she rang back and said, "It wasn't fine. It has to be um, have further incision, so a deeper, um, wider excision." because it had cancer cells in it um, and we'll do it in two days. So that was a bit of a shock. Um, I just wasn't expecting that. But at the same time, I had all these back problems, as you know. Um, exactly. I like, know, I know, yeah. but they don't know. Yeah. So, so what was up? So I just had, I had chronic back pain for three weeks in the kids' school holidays and then on the fourth week of the pain, it just went to a whole new level and it was... I kind of described it as a pregnancy contraction in my arm. That's what it felt like, just this, you know, just this severe nerve pain down my arm and then it would go away for a few minutes and then it would come back. And um, Like a pulse. It's like a, a revolting pulse, yeah, but um, I guess I think I'm the lucky one, as we've discussed since, because... Um, you had the same pain three years ago, so I knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so I suppose that helped me through it. But um, and then I remember ringing you in desperation. I bought, I did, I tried everything. I tried 
um, three physios or two, one physio twice and then another recommendation. And then I went to emergency twice, GP. I bought a Shakti mat, one of those um, <laughs> spiky dry needling mats. I was just desperate. And, and I knew at this point, hang on, she's, she's going for the Shakti mat. She's, she's clearly she's... drawing at straws here. She needs some intervention. Oh, it was just horrible. I've never had pain like it. Um, it's just a hard pain to describe. I mean, mm. birthing pain is hard, but it's, you know, it's different because there's something good at the end that, I don't know, I can't even describe that pain. But anyway, mm. um, so I went in for my melanoma surgery on Monday the 25th and um, I, I, I could barely sit still for the anaesthetic. Oh, dear. Hang on. This is family this is life for you. I, I'm just on a podcast. I'll, I'll come through in a minute. Anyway, um, so uh, went in for the melanoma surgery on the 25th and I couldn't sit still for the operation because I was just in so much pain and um, my my dermatologist said you have got to go and get your back fixed or you know sorted after this operation so literally my husband picked me up from St Luke's in the city and we drove straight to another hospital to emergency where I sat for another six hours and they didn't do anything and a cat scan but no MRI and then we went for an MRI the next day which revealed the ruptured disc and um and then you said to me, this is my surgeon's number. Call him straight away because it'll take you five months to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and by some miracle, a lot of prayers and a lot of people were praying for me, um, we got an appointment the next day. And so Wednesday night I saw him and he said, um, I've had a look at your MRI. There's burrs and spurs and bone fragments on top of the... there's, a whole, there's a whole rodeo down there yeah <laughs> so he said I can operate tomorrow night or Friday morning and I just burst into tears um, I think I just like literally gone from one surgery um, and then was looking down the barrel of spinal surgery um, but I as I have said to you since I whilst I was upset and shocked and all of those emotions I think knowing that you had been through it and um, seeing how much trust you put in God and and the hope you had for the future and then seeing you recover, I felt I knew I was in good hands and I knew that I would be all right, I suppose. Mm. And I remember saying that to you in hospital after the operation and then <clears throat> and then you rang me back that day driving home from hospital and what did you say that after I'd seen you in yeah emergency. yeah so I I was just I from lots of um major surgery medical type things happening amongst the girls in our family mm-hmm. so Anna heart surgery and me and my surgery I've grown in the habit of just asking God to um what do you want to teach me here? So I always ask him that in the in the quiet of my heart. What is it that you want me to learn from this? Mm. And um, I was driving back and I asked the same question. What do you want me to learn from this? And he showed me what you you said something to me in the um, in ICU. You said because I watched you go through it, it 
it didn't um it didn't have the fear attached like not not mm. that you weren't frightened or afraid or um you had to surrender and trust god that that wasn't it but you said something along the lines of i could see how you came through it type yeah. thing yeah and what came to my heart driving home was that is the beauty of suffering nothing is ever wasted and isn't that what we only want when we suffer we want it to be um redemptive suffering we want to be able to use it because what's the point of suffering if you can't use it Mm. and you were able to show me um how suffering like one tiny little bit of suffering has a massive effect on or a significant impact on someone else's life whether on whether you know it or not and it's how you accept it Mm. I think if you accept suffering it it has this ripple effect. And not just at the time, like that's three no, years later. this is yeah. three years later. And I was, it was, I thought, gosh, that is the point. Isn't that mm. the point? Mm. That yeah. suffering bears the weight of eternity in it if we use it wisely or if, if we can harness that. And I just yeah. thought how, how grateful I was to be able to see a tiny, tiny glimmer of the impact that's, my suffering has had on someone else's life and especially my sister's. So I was just really grateful to be able to, for you to articulate that to me and for God to reveal that to me. It was so beautiful. Mm. Well, well, only because you'd done it to me first. But, um, yeah, it's funny because when I considered whether to um, post that, like what happened to me on Instagram, I was just like, oh, no, people think I'm looking for sympathy. And, um, you know, I think, and, and, and even saying it on here, yeah. you know, I, I thought, oh, should I, shouldn't I? What will people think? But I think, and I know you've gone through questioning this podcast as well and telling your different stories in different ways. But I think as Aussies, we don't wear our heart on our sleeve as much as, say, Americans. Mm. Um, we're not used to being upfront and honest and um yeah I think we're I think not we're not used to revealing our heart actually. no no and and for me to put it on Instagram I was like oh I don't know yeah I just I think more than anything I thought I don't want people to think I'm looking for attention mm. um but knowing the benefits of what yours did to other people I thought no if I share it maybe it might have you know, might help someone. It will help someone. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no worries, but I, I'd rather not go through it again. <laughs> yeah, oh, but didn't you say to me, didn't the surgeon say, oh, well, it might, it might be a bad, it might last for three years or something? Well, he, he said five to ten, but then I've been doing a lot of research and they say 20 years. Oh, good. So, look, we might be staring down the battle of an operation in our 60s again. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Well, let, let me go first. Hey? <laughs> let me do that for you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no worries. No, but, um, yeah, I'm, I am so grateful for all the prayers and, like, prayers mostly, but all the physical help as well. Um, my husband's been awesome, but friends dropping in meals and picking up kids and... Um, 
just you know it's amazing how much people rally around you when you when you're down yeah but how precious and rare is a heart that simply and genuinely knows how to love mm. like you see that like you people don't have to do much to make you feel loved no that's right and Absolutely it's, such, it's such a beautiful reminder of we don't have to do much but just maybe a smile maybe a text maybe a phone call you know, drop off a meal. You don't have to knock on the door if you're in your dags. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that yeah. precious, like, to be able to see someone's heart mm. um, and to give the, somebody an opportunity to bear their heart, whether it be, you know, with a meal or with just words of encouragement or thinking of you today. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It is It is beautiful. mm but I also, um, you know, it, it made me reconsider, not reconsider, it made me realise how much you rely on faith when you're down, when you're down. And, um, and, I, and that's across the board. Everyone does that. Everyone, a lot of people will turn to Jesus, turn to Christ when, when they're down. But, you know, to know that we don't, doesn't just have to be when we're down, you know, that it should be a daily thing. Mm. Um, similarly, um, with confession, like the day before my operation, like I literally had, I was at the surgeon on Wednesday night. I had Thursday to pack my bag and um, prepare myself mentally. And then I was at the hospital Friday. I was operated on at seven o'clock the next morning. But I said to my husband, I've got to get to mass. I've got to get to confession, um, you mm. know, just in case I died on the bench. <laughs> mm. But, um, you know, like to think that or to be prepared because yeah. I, had, I had no idea the week before that I would have melanoma surgery and spinal that week, like the next mm. week, you know, so to always be prepared to mm. always live, you know, like. Yeah. I, I, there's a lady that I follow on Instagram. Um, so thanks for that reminder because she, her husband died a few weeks ago. Of, he had brain cancer, but um, he was battling with it for 20 years, like, in and out of remission, I think for for a long time. Yeah. But but he always bounced back, and she didn't expect him to die this time either. Um, he got sick, but she's you know he was always a trooper, and he, you know, he always bounced back. They have ten children. Wow. Anyway, he died um, a few weeks ago, and she got back on Instagram last week, I think, and she said that. Um, people have all been asking her how she is and, and she said, I'm actually really good. We're, we're, we're good. The kids are good and I'm good. We're, he had a happy and holy death. Um, and she mm. said, it give, gives me great consolation to know that his last meal was our Lord in the Eucharist and his last words were a good confession. I'm going to cry speaking about it. Mm. But she said, Never underestimate the um, importance of being prepared. Like I can't, she said, if I have one thing to say is always go to confession. Yeah. Yeah. And always make sure your legs are shaved. <laughs> <laughs> Just making it real because I wasn't prepared for either. I went to confession and then I came home and couldn't bend because of the stupid pain. I thought, why wasn't I prepared? 
<laughs> Sorry, so, everyone. I shouldn't so have did, said that in such an important moment. So, did you get your legs shaved? I pushed through the pain, girl. I pushed through. <laughs> Vanity is pain. <laughs> hey, well, I have to hot put it after confession again. Oh, no, but no, I managed wrong both. <laughs> well, there you go. Always yeah. have your legs shaved and yeah. always go to confession. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody, like, yeah. Maybe, maybe we could put that on your headstone. <laughs> she always went to confession and always had a leg shaved and, and she always had a lip gloss in her bra. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, I tell you because when, as you know, because you've had the same operation, but they took a piece of hip bone as a graft to put in our disc like in our c6 disc so the the hip was worse than the where they cut us through the throat but i I'll, i won't forget there i was could not move you know i've got sutures i've got melanoma sutures on one leg hip graft on the other and then the throat and guess what i did all i wanted was that lip balm and i knocked the food you know the trolley table and it dropped oh, do you think i could reach the nurse's button no so I was tested, I tell you. Libby, for all the listeners who don't know Libby personally, she has an addiction to lip gloss, chapsticks in chapsticks. particular. Yeah, like I don't need red lippy, just the, just the plain chapstick. How, can, can, we just, can we just ask, that. how many do you have in your peripheral vision right now? Well, I've got one in my pocket, one in my jacket pocket. That's it today. Just one not, in my not pocket. Not one in your bra? No, no. There's usually one in my jeans as well, but it's just one in my jacket pocket. Golly, gee, ah, see? Yeah. Surgery has been good to you. <laughs> I'm learning to detach. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, I ruined your moment before with the confession. Oh, no, not at all. You made it, you made it better. But it's um, so true. It's just like, you know, that, that I didn't even have time to clean my classroom. So, like, mm. humility, eat your heart out. Like, yeah. I, I dropped everything that day. You know, on the Thursday was my last day at work. And Friday morning I woke up to go to work and just could not move. And then someone took over my classroom. And that's embarrassing when you're an art yeah. teacher and you're in the middle of a clay unit. Yeah. Clay everywhere. Yeah. But anyway. But that, that, that's total total and utter surrender. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Because there's no there's no time for anything. There's no time for meal prep, for no. getting, get, keeping your house in order. No. There's no time. And that's kind of a good reflection of life. Mm. When your time is up, you don't have you don't get the chance to fix your clay room or your you know <laughs> shave your legs or um you know fix your side table or prepare you know leave things for the kids when in your absence mm. all we have is today and i mean i've been thinking a lot about this lately because one of my daughters told me the day i get to i mean all my podcast listeners must you know have heard this a million times, but still, it still doesn't sink into me. So they're probably next time I walk past them, they'll probably say to me, ah, remember to be affectionate with your children. <laughs> but, but one of my daughters said to me the other day, mum, you don't like hugging me, do you? No. Oh. Like, that brings me so much pain because yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I, I get too, I feel like I'm too busy to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, here you I are am again. I know, which is shocking. And I keep telling myself I'm going to be less busy hmm. because yeah. I only have today. And what happens if I, what happens if I go today? I know. And you know what? I was watching um, an interview of an NRL guy who ended up with a spinal, um, spina bifida from the face down, from the neck down, mm. not spina bifida, quadriplegia. <laughs> and um, sorry, <laughs> it's the drugs I'm on. Um, and his wife was pregnant with their second boy. Mm. And anyway, he was into, it only happened about two months ago, but he was interviewed the other day with his newborn baby and um and his little three-year-old was sitting on his lap and he can't even hug him anymore. And that's what he said. He said, I can't, I can't feel my children. I can't, can't mm. touch them. But he said, I know I'm the lucky one. And he was going on about how lucky he is. And I thought, wow, what an outlook, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, being, that, being able to touch and show affection and, gosh, we're going off on a tangent. Yes, I know. Sorry, As I we didn't... often do. I didn't mean to do that, but I, I'm here now, so I might as well just stay here for a little bit. But um, I just thought I have to uh, delight in them. I know mm. I say it all the time, and I do, um, but I have to let them know. I have to make them feel that I want them to come and sit next to me, you know? Mm. Mm. Give them, give them my attention the same way I want attention. Yeah. You yeah. know, either from my husband or from my friends or um, from God. Mm. He always has my, you know, if I turn to him, I realise that he hasn't stopped looking at me and I want my children to know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. It's I know hard... I, I find myself more and more getting, you know, caught up with the stupid phone. Mm. And um, a girlfriend said to me the other day, oh, if I get on Instagram, I just set a 15-minute timer. I was just like, wow, what self-control. Yeah. Um, I've never done that. And, you know, you, I can be there an hour flicking away. I know, and, such a time waster. Yeah. but um, I, I yeah, said to, to my daughter today, like um, she was, she pulled a face. I said, what's wrong? She said, oh, I just watched somebody pop a pimple or something like that. It was one of those <laughs> And I said, can you stop wasting your time? What happens if you get to die today and you get to heaven and you say, oh, I didn't do it because I spent my time watching people pimple pop pimples? <laughs> like, honestly. Oh, dear. I heard uh, somebody say the other day that if you spend two, one hour, maybe it was two hours, two hours on Instagram every day over the entirety of a year, that is one whole month you spend on Instagram of your life every year. One month. Wow. Two hours yeah. isn't that hard to accumulate. No, it's not. It's not. That's nuts. Isn't that disgusting? Yeah, but it's easy to do it. Okay. So we should kind of just throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But you're right. Like, And that... Like I, because I've spent a lot of time flat on my back in the last two weeks, um, uh, you know, Henry will come in and he's at that stage where he wants to be cuddled all the time. Mm. And um, he's the only one out of the four, you know, <laughs> so I've got to take it where I get it. But um, I hear him coming down the hall and I like 
throw my phone on my side table and quickly pick up the book. Like, <laughs> such oh, a lie. I'm so glad you said that. I throw mine so under naughty. the covers. And then, and then it lights up. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, um, yeah, I know I shouldn't do that. That's just being a liar, isn't it, really? Dishonest. <laughs> but I just have to put it away and you're right show them love because you don't you do not know what's around the corner oh my goodness no so what I was going to talk more about instead of death um was not being afraid not being troubled by you know there's John 14 1 do not let your hearts be troubled I'm with you till the end of time there is nothing to fear and how many times do we fear the silly things mm. like you, yours was you you had genuine fear I had genuine fear over you know the unknown but if we can turn that around to I am held by God there is nothing to fear mm. Mm. even if it is suffering because with him he is the one that carries you like I and I you can see that now you know you kept saying, I can't believe you did this for six months or something. Well, it actually probably wasn't me. He probably carried me. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Because yeah. there's there's no way you can do that pain for six months. No, I don't on your On your own efforts. Yeah. No, it's so true. I don't know how you did it for that long because a month was long enough. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, it clearly but, wasn't me. That's well, that's the right. That's, point. that's like, the point of it. Yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't have to worry. But you know, it is. It's hard. It's hard to hand it over. Um, oh yeah. And sometimes it's not a conscious thing that you don't want to. Sometimes you have to train yourself to trust in God too. You know, you have to. I, it took me a long time to, with the divine mercy, to sort of keep trusting in God, keep trusting in God, um, because I'm the type of person who you know, doesn't ask for help very often and, um, mm. you know, I used to think I can do it, I can do it. And it wasn't that I didn't want God's help, I just sort of forgot to ask. But, you know, he wants us to reach out. He's yeah. desperate for us to reach out. I heard something the other day, a priest in a homily was talking about, he, he held up um, the Bible, he just, he, it, but he, it could be anything. He held up a book, let's just say, mm. and he said, how heavy is this book? And um, and he actually asked out into the congregation to give estimates of how heavy the book was, right? Mm. Some said you know, 500 grams and 250 grams. And, and he said, well, the book weighs as much. Um, it, it weighs heavier the longer you hold it. Mm. He said, and that's like anything we hold, whether it is fear or it's unforgiveness or it's, um, you know, pride, the longer we hold that, we're attached to that, the heavier it becomes. Mm. So if you, you're holding your hand out, that book might weigh 250 grams, but after 10 minutes it's going to get a bit heavier and then in half an hour it's going to get a lot heavier mm. and mm. an hour, like it's going to feel like a dead weight. You times that by a lifetime or two years that you're holding a grudge against somebody or you're, you're paralysed by fear of, you know, rejection or Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. The longer you hold that, mm. the heavier it becomes. Yep. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that is such a Good great analogy. analogy. Yeah, because 
how many times we hold on to grudges or you know yeah silly things and they and it it, it doesn't affect the person that so say it's not it's unforgiveness you know someone might say something to us and they've said it and they've moved on but we're holding that you know that comment or that you know mm. that our our perception of them um longer and longer and it's becoming more bitter and twisted yeah. and heavier yeah. mm. when we surrender that or we hand it over or we forgive them of that it's gone yeah yeah so true how yeah. much more freeing is life when mm. you're not carrying mm. that yeah or holding that book out yeah yeah i just i sat with that for a very long time i thought yeah. that was a ma- beautiful yeah it is but yeah I've, i um I, when I was told that, you know, the surgery had been two days and I just burst into tears and then he told me it was at the Mater and um, Mm -hmm. our other sister, she said, our Lord's going to be there. And I just sort of thought she meant, you know, with me, like in Mm -hmm. spiritually with me. Um, And then then I remembered that the Blessed Sacrament is at the Mater because it's a Catholic hospital. and when I got to the hospital that Friday morning at 5.30, I went straight into the chapel and you're right, like I just shared it with him, like, you know, mm. I can't do this alone. Mm. And then I walked through the hallway and there was a statue of Our Lady with rosary beads hanging from it. And I thought, wow. wow. I saw that. I saw that <laughs> when I went. Yeah. And then when I came out of the hospital the day I left, the first thing I saw was the um, a sculpture, a marble sculpture of the Sacred Heart. And I just thought, wow, when you do let go, he lets you know, you know, when you, when you hand it over. He, he reminds you that he's there. Yeah. 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 It's, it... it's usually subtle ways, but those were pretty big ways. Maybe he thought I needed something a bit more obvious. But... <laughs> well, he gives you what you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I certainly did. Yeah. He lets you know, like uh, um, Mary Magdalene, um, she was so um, humble and, um, you know, anointing his feet with oil, you know, not once but twice, you know, with her hair. And when she went to the tomb, I was reading the other day in um, John, it says that, Mary Magdalene saw two angels, one at the head and one at the feet, um, perhaps to show her how much Jesus honoured, loved the fact that she honoured him twice. Mm. But he's so specific. There's, yeah. there, he is such a details guy. <laughs> yeah. You know how women are all about details mm. and just wish that their male, <laughs> their husband yeah. or the male in their life would, could read yeah. the signs yeah yeah well, Jesus does he's <laughs> yeah. the perfect man yeah 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 um, he reads the signs and he gives us that affirmation um I just I just find him so tender mm. with my with, with the female heart yeah it's beautiful yeah no geez it really is oh um, but there's so right. there's also mm-hmm. on the on the flip side of all of that um you know asking for help and like at the moment, I don't like. I mean, we're we're on the back of two horrible years with COVID, but there just seems to be so much 
um, sadness and uneasy unrest and like I I can't tell you the amount of people who have problems at the moment and I said oh I'll offer mm. it up for them I'll offer it up for them my list was enormous yeah <laughs> but you yeah. know to be able to share in that getting back to the beginning being able to share in that suffering um, <clears throat> to help others is is kind of a gift and I think you know we always say that God asks certain people to to be on the cross with him and that's usually when you're staring down the barrel of a um you know a bad cancer diagnosis or not even I mean I know that there's light at the end of my tunnel but if you had terminal cancer or something like that like that's really sharing his cross um and but you know he asks all of us in some ways to share in his cross whether it's physical or financial or emotional or whatever we all we all do share in his cross um but yeah it's just knowing that that's what it is and and sometimes when you accept like it's not whilst it should be an honor to share in his cross um it doesn't feel like an honor you, you you're scared and you're worried and you you know yeah. um well, you don't is... co- you don't go in air punching but you do come no. out air punching <laughs> you don't go in air punching but yeah it is you know when you think of it that you are sharing in his cross and there's a reason for it you know he did it for humanity you know, I don't know who, I think, you know, my kids got a fair share of my suffering. I offered it up a lot for them and, and certainly my list was a lot longer than my kids and my husband, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, to use that suffering for to help others. Be you generous know. in your suffering. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying I'm a martyr for doing it, but he does give us these things so we can share in his cross, so we can help others. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy. It's horrible. And it's scary and, um, but, yeah, it's redemptive, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, one of my girls last night, um, she went off to mass because she did the city to surf and uh, went to a later mass and she texts me saying, <clears throat> she texts me during mass, <clears throat> saying, <laughs> right, oh, my goodness, mum, this mass is ridiculous. And I said, Oh, darling, don't say that. I said, Paul, it is the same Jesus. You know, maybe the priest is, you know, doing his own thing. But the, well, the Jesus, bad. yeah, <laughs> Jesus there is the same Jesus. And um, the, his, his presence is there and you just love him even more. Because maybe he's being ignored, you know. Mm, mm. The the encounter his true presence there because that's just the beginning of his divine generosity, you know. And if he can go through all of that and be God of the universe and be pushed to the side, imagine how much he values you in your honouring him there, maybe honouring him in your suffering as you did, you know. Just look at he's stuffed in a little tabernacle in you know mm. <clears throat> dark danky churches. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you can see his humility there and his generosity, maybe that's where we begin our mm. journey. Yeah. And with mm. a bit of luck, you go into a new church, and there's your Mister Wright sitting there saying a prayer too. <laughs> you just happen to trip over him on your way to communion. <laughs> Just go, just visit all sorts of churches, Catholic churches. Uh, anyway. anyway, he's, he's, 
what he does for us, we we cannot comprehend it. So our, our humanity, we can't get our head around, you know, what he does for his beloved friends, you know, for those that love him. He he outdoes us in generosity. Yeah. So I'm so thankful for your generous heart, Libby, offering up your suffering for. And you three years Me. earlier. <laughs> anyway, no, it wasn't, um, you know, nothing to be thankful for. You know, you don't have to say that, but I'm just, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for all the support I got through it. Mm. And, and that's what I kept saying to someone the other day. I said, uh, another girlfriend who went through breast cancer a couple of years ago, and she rang me and I said, Nance, how do people get through something like that without faith? Like, it. It's a gift. Faith really is a gift. And I, I don't know. I just feel so sorry for those who can't see the bigger picture in suffering. You know, so often, you know, in society today, we just want to push suffering away and, um, you know, and, and not, not um, acknowledge it. You know, it's like a baby with a disability, you've bought it, an, an elderly person who doesn't have long to live, kill them off. You know, they're so, it's so sad. Yeah, there's um, so much power in suffering. There is, there is. Anyway. I heard, um, I read something the other day. It always seems that it was just something the other day, but let's just take that with a grain of salt. It could have been like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, recently, I should say, recently I read that St. Therese of Lisieux said that um, because she suffered a lot towards the end of her life, she really, really suffered um, physically and mentally. Mm. And she said that she can't understand that more people haven't committed suicide without faith because they don't have the, like, faith is, she couldn't understand how you could suffer without without faith because, and and why not more people are killing themselves. Like, you know, for for it to come from her, it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that sad that these days um, there is the suicide rate is so high, mm. but also, you know, it's such a godless society as well, and that's why. Mm. So yeah. sad. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we need to pray more for those people so that they can feel that they're not alone. I think that's what it is. A lot of the time is we feel so alone. Mm. Yeah. That's so we're the only ones going through this when in reality we're not they're not. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about your suffering or should we should we wrap it up? That's me. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just gotta get to school. Pick up. That's all. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> what brought you joy this week, Liv? A new spine. A new spine <laughs> brought me joy. Um, you can all keep praying for me because I haven't got the pathology back from my melanoma surgery because my surgeon went to Europe on a holiday. So I'm hoping that no news is good news, but yeah, a few prayers would be good. But Joy, today, um, because I finished my strong medication, I was able to drive the car very slowly and I went to mass for the assumption with my daughter. So that brought me joy. Yeah. What about you? Well, my joy is... My auntie, who I um, uh, ran into, well, popped into her place. I had, I was out her way and just, you know, by chance popped into her place and she was overjoyed that I was there. 
and she has recently discovered the podcast even though it's been in circulation for many years Um, and she only thought there were 17 episodes and has been listening to those 17 episodes on loop (laughs) for for about a month So, so she probably knows them word for word now but her enthusiasm and joy on learning of the podcast, of which she is actually a, a guest. <laughs> That's right. She did make a guest appearance. Yes, yes. Yeah. But she didn't, that wasn't one of her <clears throat> 17. So she still hasn't heard herself on here. But my 85, is she 85? Yeah. yeah. 85-year-old auntie. Yeah, she joined us for Mass today too, which was lovely. Hmm, brought me so <clears throat> much joy. I killed myself <clears throat> laughing thinking that she'd been listening to 17 episodes on loop. (laughs) Bless. I love you, Janie. Yeah. All right, Liv, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, having a chapstick addiction. (laughs) Thanks for all your prayers and letting the world know I've got a chapstick addiction. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, have a great rest of your week. All right, you too. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.